Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the ANSSMC Power Hour. Tonight is July 26, 2021. Don't really have a topic for tonight, but uh, you don't really need one the way this world's going. I mean, it's everything to topic. The news, you're not delivering the news. I mean, you got your alternative news giving you kind of what's really going on, but they still kind of hide it out. Uh, I mean, our, our president is less than 46%. Uh, like, the VP was down to uh, 43% approval rating. That sucks for them. I mean, how did these guys get voted in? With an approval rating like that, he's, he's the most uh, voted for president of all time. That's crazy. Uh, well, anyway, you know, I mean, who else would you have voted for if you didn't vote for Biden? I mean, just take a look at the whole Democratic setup. I mean, any one of them would have been a better. Bernie Sanders, I think, would have been a better pick than Joe Biden. Of course, Bernie would have stayed in his right mind, and he might have started saying, no, 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 that's wrong. Even even a far-left liberal knows right from wrong. And, but, you know, they, they can push their agenda. I guess they're trying I don't know. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't, don't cut it, and the president can't be there, you know, uh, Speaker of our House, that would put Nancy Pelosi in the presidential seat until the next election. Uh, I, I don't know if that's what she's shooting for. I, I don't know if uh, Joe Biden's wife, they were they trying to convince her that she was going to go in next, but that's not the way the Constitution wrote. Uh, if Joe Biden steps down, then it is Colonel Harris's spot. And uh, kind of interested to see how this plays out. I mean, if Joe Biden has to step down, it's going to be a cat fight for that seat. They're going to turn on each other. Uh, um, it goes down a little. Then what, what happens if she don't want it? She can't, she can't make decisions. Yeah, she can't make decisions. What happens if she don't want it because she can't make the decisions? Oh, she's going to want it. She's power hungry. Uh, and and she, I, I don't know. She, I mean, when they ask her about the border, she just throws it off like I'm I ain't going there tonight, or I ain't going there soon. I'm here now. <laughs> I mean, shit, that's a hell of a way to answer your press of people that voted the end. Laugh at them. Laugh at them, yes. That's just outrageous. I mean, I don't know what to think of it. Uh, we, whatever, we, whatever, don't matter what I think of it or anybody else, we all have to live with it here in America. I mean, they they are trying to take us out. Okay, they are trying to take us out. It seems like, especially the white Christians. Uh, I mean, even the local preachers are starting to say that around around town when you bump into them. I mean, what are they trying to do? Wipe out the Christians? You can hear them talking to each other about it. Um, it's no secret. I mean, you just hear it everywhere around town. I guess I live in the Bible Belt, so I would hear it more. But, I mean, it's no secret. They're all talking about it. They all know what it is. Uh, what? Get the government pulling off, wiping out our Constitution, taking out all the Christians, and taking our Holy Bible and making it uh, racial ready? I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think they're trying to call them. Christian Bible hate speech. What, what's so hateful about it? It's, it's all the truth. I mean, it's, it's a handbook. God will live on this earth. God will have it down to us. Uh, not. So here, here we are. Uh, 
are we got millions, 100 million or so of Mexicans in our country, probably 200 million, I don't know. Uh, I see Arizona turned around a oh, 157 uh, Mexican children at their border. I mean, that's, it's just got to happen. I mean, because this is our country. That's what you call an invasion. We're being invaded. And our military is doing nothing about it. Stop it. I think at least the military would step up and call martial law, go down there and button that hole up before they're all coming in. Get that wall going. These construction sites, they're being paid to just sit there and watch all the supplies that that the uh, Trump administration had sent down there to build that wall with. They're just sitting over there waiting, protecting the supplies that's already been paid for. I mean, you can't just let them run off with all the steel and stuff. They're going to fall off. Those guys are sitting there making sure it's not getting finished. Yeah, and, then, and there's other guys sitting there making sure it don't get finished. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I mean, this just ain't going to be our America here anymore pretty soon. Uh, we've been saying it for years. A white man needs to wake up. Look what's going on in your country. But it's hard to wake a guy up who's pretty comfortable in his easy chair with a remote and a beer. I mean, he just can't match that comfort for wake up and go down and stand. Uh, I mean, we did it in all of our major wars. We stood up for our country until, uh, what, Vietnam, when they decided to protest and not go. What, what's up with these uh, late 50s kids, early 60s kids? I'm a 66 kid, so, I mean, it was obviously going on when I was first born. As I couldn't get out there and fight Vietnam, but, you know, I would have been drafted and I would Bigger a bit. I would have went right over there. Oh, I got killed. I just got killed. But, I mean, this is our country. This is what we fight for. Yeah, I probably should have joined the military, but I, and I didn't. I was having too much fun running around, whooping it up. Well, uh, well, there's plenty of kids to get, so, I mean, we was not in no wartime. They didn't need me like that. Draft would have picked me up, as they did. Uh, now the, the whole thing with the draft is these women's and everybody's fault for their liberal rights and everything. Now these faggots and, and, and women are being drafted. And uh, all the women that, you know, all them old bitches that got the nice jobs, office seats, they're, they're, they're back in the women's live, but they're not active like the rest of them are, the lower class ones that are out there really fighting for it, you know. And uh, now they got what they want. They got what their right to say shit. But now they're getting drafted. You got to pull your ass out behind that desk, put on a military suit and boots, and get out there with boots on the ground and guns and fight like men. They don't want to do that. Oh, that's not what women's liberal rights are about. They're about everything. The sewer jobs and all is what I'm hearing, you know. Uh, there ain't no women fighting for a high-ranking position in the sewer plant. <laughs> 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 On the garbage truck route. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah, they want equal rights for the high-paid desk jobs. Push the pencil. What about me? That other bitch got, that black bitch got, you know, that white bitch got it over me. A Mexican bitch got it over me. Well, now when there's no more white women in the hardly the job force or white men in the job force, they're fighting amongst each other. Oh, if it's status, they're, 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 uh, Hispanics are considered white, but when it comes to school and uh, uh, jobs and everything else, they're with the niggers on affirmative action. The, the Mexican gets the job over the white people. I mean, it's like I said, they just rubbed the white man out with that affirmative action and using our heads for stepping stones. We discussed that last week. 
Well, it's just a matter of time before they start doing it to our women, too. I they mean, already have. And they already have. They, they're passing them over for promotions and everything else with these black bitches, like the men got passed over with the black dudes. Uh, yeah. And what are these BLM motherfuckers doing in our country? They ain't doing nothing but screaming for free money and all these corporations and everybody giving them money to destruct and loot and tear our country apart. But yet, nobody puts a finger to stop them. If white guys would have marched like that, they'd have the FBI, the fucking National Guard, everybody rounding us up for a minute before we even got ready to put a foot out there. Oh, shit, if you get the world, white guys did something. Uh, but that burning and looting. There ain't going to be no that burning and looting. Not for white people, but uh, I can get all that Yeah, and, and white people just don't protest. We have peaceful protests. We don't burn and all that other crap. Uh, I don't know. I think they're really pushing hard for a racial war. And I mean, yeah. and all of the white people, I mean, with this war, we're all tied up like hostages in the corner. A couple of us standing with one foot or one hand not tied, but, uh, but those guys are blindfolded, swinging in the, in the dark. I mean, and, and, uh, and the nigger's going to come into the lighted room without being tied or the other races. You know, they're going to want to call that a racial war. I was, if any white man fights back, it's a hate crime, and he gets double the time. Well, I seen something today, and it was, it was a black man talking about walking through his local grocery store. He said, he says, you know, I walk in there, and it's all waves and smiles and how you doing, and never, he said, and it's full of white people. Not one of them looks at me like I'm over there stealing anything. He said, and that's what most of America is like, he said. But these guys are trying to portray that, that the blacks are being uh, persecuted and beat down. And, and oh, that's all white people think of black people is, is they're thieves. And, and, and for a, I mean, I've heard numerous black people say stuff like that and say how these, these fucking BLMs, out of their minds because that's not what America is like. And they're just they're trying to cause so much shit and turmoil that everything just blows up and then they can take over. That's what the gangbangers are doing. I mean, you do got to get down some of those neighborhoods and say gangbangers, you really got to worry about the working class niggers. They try to act like uh, white men. I mean, they, they, they have their pride also. I mean, they get out there and they work and they provide for their children. Ones that actually raise their children right, they turn out halfway decent, do go to school and get a, a... I mean, we all got niggers in our race. I mean, every race has them. Uh, just that the niggers, the black race has more niggers than the white race than any other race. But it's, I don't know. Well, and they like to, they like to try to act like it's because of slavery, but it ain't got shit to do with slavery. They have had, they've had more rights since the 60s. And they've had all the chances in the world to do something, and they don't. Just like going over to Africa, we've, I mean, how many years have we spent over in Africa trying to teach those guys how to grow food and build housing and and everything else, and and all, all these years is in vain because they they just don't want to do it. And that's what we have here in America is we got a whole society that don't want to do it. They just want to sit back and let somebody else fucking take care of. Them. I started off with that rent in the eighties when they got all the. That's not when it started off. Well, that's I mean, that it, <laughs> it started getting a lot stronger. Yeah. They started teaching our white kids to act like niggers. Yeah. And now all their white kids can run around and act like niggers, like they weren't raised right, or everything fucking offends them, whatever little thing you say. I mean, that's the nigger way. Whether you're white, green, yellow, or blue. Oh, that offends me. Yeah, well, a white man rolled his sleeves and knocked your fucking block off. Well, I'll t- I, I, I would 
I would lay down money that if those slaves back way back in the day that were being treated so poorly would see the blacks of today, they would have nothing to do with them. No, they would. They were. They stayed on the farm. Most of them stayed on the farm. The ones who didn't want to work got lazy, thought there was easier ways to make money. I mean, uh, yeah, he might have went out and made money and put it in their pocket. They didn't realize they had to pay for that apartment, buy food back on the farm. The farm nigger just got up in the morning and went out and took care of the gal. Had a nice, easy life. Took front of the garden. Oh, sure, it was hard work. You know, not pulling weeds. You get out on your hands and knees. It's backbreaking. It's not really hard to pull a fucking weed out of the dirt. But when you're doing it in rows, it gets old and tiresome. Uh, so it's working every fucking day. What's the same thing? That's what you got to do. They were picking cotton. That's so there's there's millions of Americans that get up and fucking go fuck every day. They had to feed their family. I mean, they stayed on the farm. The farmer had them a shack to live in with his own kids and wife, and they all had a job to do, just like the Amish. But it was a white man on a farm with a community of niggers working for him. Sure, they they all did their job, most of them. What stupid would it be to go out there and beat on your nigger that's working just because you're having a bad day? That's like pounding on your car before you go to work because your old lady pissed you off. Just let me beat on the carburetor with a hammer for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Fucking car. <laughs> That's about useless. I mean, I, I didn't. I, I don't think there's one fucking slave owner that whipped the nigger out of pocket. Maybe if he was doing something stupid. Uh, you know, they all got that homosexual gene. Hey, I mean, they're all on a bunk house together, men with the men, women with the women. Some of them got their own shacks and got together and had children. Well, even those slave owners, they they weren't no good either. They they might as well just went out there and lived with them because they was fucking them too. And some of them were, not all. I I I'm sure not all of them, but there's a good majority of them that had the children with them, housemates and shit, thinking they was getting away with something. Well, all they did was ruin what ruin their own bloodline. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's way back then it happened. Maybe that's when she started going bad with the No, they sold those kids off back then. They still had to work. Well, I know, but those are the, those are the first mulattoes that was here, and fucking those guys didn't have a white family or a black family. Nobody wanted nothing to do with them. And so, and then the black, the true black just fucking shoved them off in the, Get away from us. You know, you, you, that you still got work. You believe it out. You was the one that honky. And, and then that's when everything went shit. No, you that's sold it to your buddy. You sold that, that nigger to your buddy that was half white for a house nigger because the lighter skinned niggers got the work in the house. That's when the black decided, well, well, fuck that. We're just going to take what yeah. we want. And we're, this, just, we're just going to start taking. And they got this brainy idea. All the San Jemima syrup and Uncle Ben's rice and Billy Bob's fucking sauce. I mean, that's all slave owners' recipes. They were from uh, way back when. I mean, the house nigger and the, and the uh, bunkhouse nigger. When she cooked for all the workers, I mean, this is how you make the uh, barbecue sauce. Don't think for a minute when they rounded the niggers up from Africa, some nigger bitch said, wait a minute, let me get my barbecue recipe first. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even speak English. They ate bugs off the ground. They got no, no nothing about syrup for her fucking barbecue. I tell you, they knew how to fucking grow crops way back then, and we had to, like, Oh, we took all the good people that knew how to grow stuff, so then there was just a bunch of people left behind that didn't know how. Come on. Africa would be covered with corn and grain yeah. and beans if, uh, if them niggers knew how to work a farm machinery. And now they just took all the white people out of there, and, and they're acting like uh, the chop zone, and the whole damn country's wiped out over there. If you go look at South African news, look at uh, Johannesburg or Clarksville, or someplace like that. They're all wrecked. Look at any of the big cities. They're cleaning them out. 
There's no food left. People are starving and begging for water. Like like the third world country that it is. No bread, milk, or shelter, what the guy said today. There's no, no, uh, no. such knowledge. It's, it's wiped out. And that's what BLM wants for America. Is that what we want for our country? I mean, come on. This country was founded by white men. They wrote the Constitution. It was based off the Christian Bible. That's why everything's against the white man, because the white man made up the rules. The white man made the Constitution. It don't matter all that slavery and shit. They just don't want to play by the fucking rules. I mean, you can go into the Indians. I know we took their land and all. Oh, no, we didn't take their land. We fought Yeah, we took it. We pushed them back. Yeah. But they weren't doing, I mean, they were, they were living, they were living Let them do that. 
That's their that's how they survive. Now they're pointing their fingers at us for slavery when they're the ones that's still doing it. And we ain't had none how long? Two hundred years. Two hundred years. Two hundred years. Nineteen seventy six America was two hundred years old. They couldn't have been before America. No, I mean it's been less than two hundred years since we had slaves. Right. Right. That well, you figure since seventy six that's been what, forty years, fifty years. So I mean it might have been 150 years ago. We did have slaves. 50 years into America, we had slaves. And it didn't last that long. I mean, I mean, everybody up north started feeling all bad and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that to those people. And these slave owners, before they were slave owners, they had these nice big houses built. They had big fields. They were taking care of them. It wasn't easy. They were making money off of them. But they needed more money because we were growing. That we bought them. It wasn't. It wasn't their fault that some guy showed up with a boat full of uh, black <laughs> people and it's like, and he went, "Hey, you want, you, want to, you want to buy a couple of these fellas and we're going to work? Can you show them what's doing? That nigger push a plow into the wall. Shit. Working like a rock. Teach them the American way. And we did. We bought them up. Felt sorry for them the way the living conditions were on their boats. But Christian man wouldn't feel sorry for any type of oh my God. In that type of living <laughs> condition. At that point in time, they didn't know what niggers acted like. And they were, once they learned to talk English, they were really, really respectful. I mean, you get a wood cracked on your ass. I mean, I mean, we, we didn't expect no more out of them than we did our children. But you're trying to train a full-grown adult that don't even speak. English respect. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, how funny it is that all them Southern blacks are, I don't see no rioting and looting and burning and tearing shit down. It's all the Northern blacks. That's that, right. uh, that, That's all up in the business like that. Yeah. They know. They go out and work. They do their jobs. Yeah. Right. We're especially no states that are dominant black. I mean, Alabama and stuff like that. I mean, you can't say there's white privilege there. Right? <laughs> yeah. But it's all up north, and, and those are the guys that saved them. Yeah, there's not, there's not, there's not some white guys in those southern states that have white privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at Memphis, Tennessee, it's 86% black. What are the white guys there got to say about anything? Or what type of privileges do they got? There's not enough of them to even go around. Shit. I mean, uh, numbers for the white man's getting low. I don't know where all those privileges we've got. Uh, I guess we got the privileges of raising our families right, showing them what not to do by watching the damn news. Look at our country. See the niggers running them up. I mean, that's basically what I told my kid growing up. You can't act like that. I mean, that's not good. You have to go out and get a job like the rest of us white guys work. And sure as shit, there he is, 20 years old, just like the rest of us white guys out there working. Uh, Believe it or not. I I don't know what the privilege to it is. I mean, uh, I guess it's a privilege to have a job. If you're living in the ghetto and you don't have no car at all, and, I mean, you stand on the street corner and sell dope till 4.30 in the morning like a vampire. When the sun comes up, you go in and lay your head down. I, I mean, I guess you're trying to find a job when you wake up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and read the newspaper, and then you call the fat daddy and he brings you a pocket full of crack and heroin or several different poisons. Who cares? And stand on the corner and sell it all night. Sure, it makes you a few bucks, but fuck, man. Not a tax paying job. It's not helping America in any way at all. Uh, if, if those guys down there wanted to work, they're killing each other for turd. I mean, there's jobs for everybody out there. They can't say there ain't. I mean, I guess that's, you know, I mean, a lot of those kids got pushed into that lifestyle. I mean, 
gangs have taken over the cities and they've taken over the parks and everything in their areas. And your little kids can't go down to the gang station. They can't go down to the city park. You let your kids down, run down there, and the gangbangers got them. You're either in the gang or you're, you can't come here. Your parents, as a parent, you go down there and try to stop it. You got thugs shoving guns in your face. You're an honest American. Whether you're white, black, green, or yellow, if you're living in that area, you probably are black. I'm sure there's a few whites, and they got the same damn problem. You got the gangs pushing guns in your face, pushing you out of the park. You got your kids standing on the corner selling dope for them while they're shooting at each other. That they don't care if they hit the kid with the dope or the man covering him with the gun. And that's what you got. That's where they're saying you got innocent kids on the corner. Those innocent kids are being forced into those gangs. And after you've grown up in it for so long, you're just pretty much brainwashed into a way of life. This has been going on since the 60s with these rebel rousers when Martin Luther King started out coming in. And that's what the plan and everybody was bitching about. I mean, if you're going to come in and try to promote your bullshit, do it. But don't come in with a bunch of rebel rousers and have them hell raise and then try to throw the white boys in jail for the trouble that the niggers are making. That's just how it's went since then. That was the day the Democrats sold us out for the niggers because it was the Democrats who started the Ku Klux Klan. And then they want to turn around and they see more money and more power with all these niggers by saying hate crime. They didn't know it was going to be a hate crime back then, but they see the beauty of let's save the niggers. And they sure as shit did. You know, they bitch about putting uh, uh, food stamp offices in the black neighborhoods. And, uh, they, they put abortion clinics in the white neighborhoods. Of course they had to put abortion clinics in the white neighborhoods after they segregated the schools of fucking nigger boys that were teenagers were raping those white girls and that black on white crime was going unreported. Them fathers couldn't be stuck with them children. They had to take their daughter down and get her a damn abortion and hope that nobody remembered that the nigger even raped her or that she had something to do with it. I mean, yeah, get her, you know, uh, the Bible says that you're supposed to kill those children. Uh, and don't let them in on your land or they'll soon take it from you, which we are seeing here in America now. Uh, <laughs> and that's why the abortion clinics went in the white neighborhoods is because of your white girl, which we know women are weak, give it to the white, that black colored boy. You can take them down to the abortion clinic where it's no longer illegal and get rid of the uh, next breed kid, half breed. And this is Hopefully your daughter would meet up with uh, someone white and uh, black teeth would spread after being bred or raped with a finger by a nigger. And, and now it's just escalated to, you see every other, it's an epidemic in small towns. A, a, a white girl shows up with a nigger and the next thing you know he's got six white girls knocked up in the same town by one nigger because they all want you know, oh, so let me get that nigger. It's like a teenage pregnancy in a, in a small town school. I mean, one girl gets pregnant and has a kid. And ten of her friends want to be just, oh, I want a baby too. And they none of them realize how tough it is. Not only they want a baby, they want that same motherfucker to knock her friend up, knock them up too. Come on, man, get your own man for one. And then, uh, you know, you're going to have a bunch of kids in that little town that don't know who their dad is. They're going to be uh, uh, breeding amongst each other, brothers and sisters. It's just outright wrong. You can't have that. Uh, if a white man knows better than that, they should be teaching those kids better than that. And, and uh, I'll respect and, uh, everything you read in that Bible. I mean, it, it tells you that. You treat your children how your children should treat you. Anything outside of that, don't spare the rod. And uh, sure as shit, somewhere along the line, they've changed that to uh, spare the rod and spoil the child so that the government can take over and charge you all this money for revenue, the crime that he's committed, instead of like in the 
early 60s when they'd still bring that kid home and knock on the door and say, look, man, your kid's drunk. He's been acting up uptown, fighting and drinking. And they would uh, uh, give that mom and dad a chance to put some ass whoopings on them two or three times, straighten that kid out. If that didn't work, well, then you finally went to fucking jail. I mean, uh, even in the mid-70s when I was getting around, those cops would still bring a kid home. It was, it, it wasn't me. I was a little young yet for that, but uh, they would make just get the squad car, give them a ride home, and knock on the door and tell the parents you keep the kids been uptown drinking. They won't put him in a jail with them. You know, I've noticed right around the early 80s, they started locking up the teenagers too. I mean, like they were men. They're pushing for. Uh, charge them as an adult on petty crimes. I mean, it's all about making these kids are trying to get jobs and they're ruining their life by throwing them in jail over petty shit. And uh, it, and so they grow up with criminal records and they end up in prison a lot of them. They have to deal with these gangs like I did in prison. I mean, sure, you're under the, the cops keep alive, but you still uh, I gotta protect yourself. I mean, they're sneaky, and, and there are different ways that they get you. And you gotta be wise to it, and have your fellows on 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 watch at all times. As, you know, uh, you've been there for a while, and you get to talk to some of the fellows and really pay attention to things. They, they told me, uh, I just point some stuff out to me, and I asked, "How do you notice that?" You know, I said, "You know, you build a six cent around here." And uh, once your sixth sense starts kicking in, you'll have an eye for that type of stuff. And, and then once you build that sixth sense up in prison with that extra eye that you always got in the back of your head, your mind's eye, I call it, uh, it it's, 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 it's your connection to God He's telling you to when you hear it like that through your mind's eye. And uh, that's when you, you, you know, you be your I go, you're in good hands. And uh, so, with your mind's eye, when you're polluted with drugs and stuff, you don't see what's going on around you. These cops, that's how they get you. They're taking advantage of you. I've said this for a long time about drugs and alcohol. Out of your mind's eye, don't think of that person. You just can't see what's really going on good or evil. And you can't see the evil of the drug or the alcohol is doing That's when some people don't have a very strong willpower and they can't walk away from that type of lifestyle and then they become niggers. They start acting like niggers and they can rob and steal and pimp and all this other bullshit and that's just not right. I mean, you can't do that. That's not a way to make money. Uh, you have to put white guys together. I mean, you can uh, do whatever you do with the dudes, but first of all, you got to keep your clubhouse running. If you get a big enough group, I mean, putting in money, you can take and start jobs, uh, small businesses for some of these guys under a under, uh, uh, club name. So a uh, percentage of the money goes back to the club until everything's paid for. And then... Uh, even at that point, uh, even a percentage would come back because you fund the business five or ten percent. Uh, and but it only promotes your club and what you believe. I mean, uh, that's how you grow. I mean, you got to grow your business. And then, uh, I mean, that's what we're going to have to do is fight. We're going to have to come together. We're going to have to, like, an immigrant. Like our immigrants did when they first came to this country, you know, start up small businesses and stuff. Because big corporations will not move us up and uh, with small business. And that's what a lot of white men, men have done. They've gone to lawn and garden businesses and slight uh, construction businesses, stuff like that, roofing. And it's just mom and pop where he's working a couple of his sons and a couple of their buddies and a couple of his buddies older guys pointing out what they're good, teaching the young how to do it. And, 
is the same as, you know, where we lost touch is uh, metal weapons, I mean, and, and how to use them and teaching our kids to do battle and fight. I mean, somewhere along the lines, they act like that's a falling, and we've raised our kids to be pussies. But, you know, my dad used to say, kick his ass. If he fucking hits you, kick his ass. If he gets out of pocket, kick his ass. He come home fucking crying, did you kick his ass? No, that smacked you in the back of the head. When you go to school tomorrow, kick his ass. <laughs> I mean, that's men, teaching their boys to be men. Uh, I got a bully. Kick his ass. You can take that, that fucker. You know, and, and if he plugs your kid, he comes home with a black eye. Did it hurt? No. Would you kick his ass? Nah, you have to bust. Go back and kick his ass tomorrow. You know? We'll learn. Watch what he, how he moves and what he does. You, we all teach our kids that. At least I hope so. I taught my kid how to fight before he went to school. I told him what to stop. Dodge, I said, the hardest fucking thing you got to learn. What I can't teach you is how to take a punch. The first fucking thing you got to be is not scared to get hit. Once you got over getting hit, just go out there and swing on a kid. You know it's going to punch you in the head and see what it feels like. And uh, uh, It don't really hurt that bad because your adrenaline's all pumped up. You don't really feel it. <laughs> you gotta stay calm. You can't fucking panic because you gotta hit the goddamn head. <laughs> Put your dukes up and you do your battle. I mean, sure, you might get beat up, but you make your stand. Drew you your line. That's where your respect is. There'll be easier guys to disrespect like to take advantage of than the guy who fights. Even if you got your ass whooped, you still won because you got your respect. Now you got your word and your respect. So you tell him, I'll be there to fight your ass. No one is bigger than you. When you show up, that proves you're good for your word. Even if you get your ass put three or four times by the same guy because you're dumb like me and you just can't accept it. <laughs> Fucking, uh, that's your respect, man. That guy eventually says, oh, fuck, here comes now. I beat him up once. And, uh, I disrespected him, and now he won't fucking leave it alone. <laughs> fucking guy finally just give up and let you pop him in the head two or three times. Hey, he don't want no trouble. It's over. Okay, okay. You know? And then that's just it. He gives you your respect after that. That's all another man's looking for is his own respect out of another man. You go up and treat motherfuckers like a bitch, but then you're probably going to have troubles the way you talk to them. I mean, our, these kids get online, this GTA online game, and they just talk any old way they want because everybody's a keyboard warrior. They get a little older and they got to get up and Go sit on that same bar stool dad sit on because that's what they see dad doing. And to see how dad hear how they their nose in the game or in their phone. So now they just run their mouth off to a man that, that demands respect, like they talk on that keyboard. Well, somebody's going to jail, usually the man, because that little bump ain't as tough as he is on that keyboard, and somebody winds up in jail. That's that's so cool. Well, guys, I see I've run on for my half an hour here, and if I lost my brother John, I'm sure there's something going on. He's got something up out there. I hope all is well with him. And uh, I think I'm going to call a show for tonight. I've hit on a lot of stuff. Rolled right along. I'm going to try to get some more brothers on here. I'm going to see if I could maybe get a hold of Dennis McGiffin, the president of our club, and set up maybe an interview here real soon. And, uh, and then I'll set up an interview with uh, James Loggs. And I'll try to get a few other guys I'll start bringing into the show for interviews. I know it gets lame listening to us guys just talk. I mean, we got some pretty good topics and some pretty good issues. Uh, bring up some pretty good points. Yeah, and it's just mostly something for everybody to think about and uh, hopefully wake up. I mean, all you can do is really these days is both. 
get out and vote, even though we're getting cheated. I mean, if someday they get the cheating stopped and you don't vote, well, they win anyway. So, I mean, get out there and vote for somebody. Get out there and vote for your mayor. Get out there and vote for your school board, your local sheriff. All that counts. I mean, if you don't like what's going on, vote for somebody else in the county. If they're doing a good job, slap them on the back. It may be your local cop. It may be your local mayor. Everybody's, hey, nobody wants to be that asshole, but somebody's always got to be the next asshole. And what the state's attorney in my hometown once apologized to me for, for uh, sending my brother to prison. Well, I shook his hand. And I said, well, if it wasn't you, it would be some other asshole. <laughs> and so, and that's the truth. I mean, it, so, I mean, you're just doing your job. I mean, he realized he's he got to stop and realize he was fucking up to what's mostly on his part that forced that man to do his job. So, I mean, I honestly got arrested. I got, they, they caught me crooked. They set me up. But, for all the other bullshit I was doing, I, we could call it even. They 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 cheated a little bit catching me, but I mean I I, I was getting away with a lot. So I mean, you count your blessings and you go do your time and keep your damn mouth shut. That they ain't get you for more. And uh, I don't know, people just can't do that. They think they're scared. I don't know what they're scared of. I mean, if you've ever been in the county jail, a prison is just a bigger housing unit. Nothing changes. Like I said, you got to stand up for yourself to get your respect. Nobody's going to step up for you. A man that won't stand up for himself. So first of all, you got to fucking, when you step into the joint, you got to be prepared to stand up for yourself. Don't let a bunch of niggers group up on you. I mean, I'm talking, I hope to hear your brothers out there I mean, we do got clerks and farmers. They usually don't wind up in jail as warrior-type guys. Well, I don't need to tell them how to act. But uh, I'm telling you, if you get caught up in prison, if you stand up for yourself, there's always an easier victim. And we always say as American Nation Brothers, you can't stand up for somebody who won't stand up for himself. So if I see a guy sticking up for himself, and I see three niggers on him, He's my brother no matter what. I'm going to roll up on them niggers. They're going to ask him, who is he to you? He's my brother's brother. He's my friend. (laughs) And they get mad, but they walk away. You're taking money out of their pocket. That's all it is. It's just another thing. It's one of the things I got tired of seeing in prison. They pick on the younger skinny kids that come in right away. If they come in acting like a nigger, let them go be a nigger. They ain't going to like it because they niggers take advantage of them guys. And if they want to come in acting scared, they can be scared. I'll help them out a little bit. Tell them, man, dude, you got to make a little bit of a stand because you can't be looking like my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, you set them down the road, you know, you get what your brother's looking out for because they act right. And uh, if nigger comes up and says, give me something, you got to show a little heart and say, no, man, I don't owe you nothing. You know what I mean? And, and that really, that nigger's going to walk away because there's another white guy out there to eventually say, okay. And he'll be scared no matter what you tell him. He's going to fold every time. He can't help somebody that won't help themselves. But a guy who's willing to say, no. And tell him, don't worry, you got plenty of backup. And he just, all he's got to do is say no for himself the first time. It's a little scary when you got 10 niggers circling you. I did it in chow line, or uh, commissary line there. This one nigger was trying to get me to buy him a fucking box of cookies. I ain't buying you a fucking box of cookies. What are you, stupid? He tried to tell me if I didn't buy him a box of cookies, I was racist. I said, well, then, damn, I'm fucking racist because I sure as fuck ain't buying you a box of cookies. He started telling all them other niggers I was racist. I said, you're damn right I'm racist. If I got to buy him a bag of cookies to prove I'm not, uh, you call me racist. You know? I said, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'll give him a box of cookies and I'm not racist, but 
I pointed you, you, and you to come over here to question me about being racist. I said, you, you all got to buy me a box of cookies, too, because if not, then you're racist. And, you know, it's all get out of here, get out of here. And uh, then they real, then they just didn't fuck with me no more after that. They went down the line looking for another white boy to fight and say, oh, okay. And then if you buy him a box of cookies, the other niggers that he got the push on you, they all want a box of cookies, too. So now you're not just buying one box of cookies. You're buying fucking seven. By the end of the month, you're sucking dick because you owe the fucking niggers so many boxes of cookies you can't possibly buy them. I mean, it's just how it goes. They're weak like that. That's and they fold. I mean, you can't help a guy that won't help himself. I don't mind jumping up there, going to battle with a guy, and we both get beat up together. At least we've made a stand together. Come on, I got your back. You know, you got you got three niggers jumping in. Uh, but you can't fucking help a guy who just curls up in a ball and gets beat up. Throws to whatever it is they want, huh? What do the guy want? I mean, he looks like your girlfriend. Alrighty. We'll, we'll call that a show for tonight. It's been 50 minutes. I'm here by myself, and I will say hell victory, and I'll see everybody next week. Hell victory. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 